Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. To all the folks in the Capital City metro area, love to have you join me tomorrow morning, 6 till 9, Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way, Super Talk Mississippi 97.3 our differences to the side and talking about something we all love. In our old man river, lavish lakes and streams, pines full of the wildest life and possibilities. I say one Mississippi, there's a magnolia tree. It's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. From the Foundation Studio right here on Biloxi's Back Bay, as we listen, listen to my friend Steve Azar, One Mississippi, the theme song to Super Talk Outdoors. I want to welcome you to Super Talk Outdoors, where we celebrate every single Monday at lunchtime. The world-class outdoors of the state of Mississippi, because Mississippi is the capital of the outdoors in America. I want to thank you for joining us on the powerful Super Talk Mississippi radio network or on Super Talk TV at Seaspire TV. But some of you are watching on YouTube or Facebook or listening on your favorite podcast. It's September the 11th, 2023. You know, today's the anniversary of 9 11, 22 years ago. 22 years ago. Who doesn't remember where they were? in that moment. I was actually at a reception of community leaders in my honor, celebrating me becoming the publisher and president of the of uh, the Sun-Herald. And as we stood there in this reception, we, we looked up at the TV that was on and we watched the second plane, United Flight, uh, United Airlines Flight 175, fly into the South Tower of the World Trade Center. What an what an incredible moment in, in the United States history, and today we we remember those uh, who who were part of that unfortunate day, and we uh, we we honor the lives of those lost in, in the tra- tragic events that unfolded not only that day but in the events that followed. You know, it serves as a as a great reminder for us about the about our resilience about how we can all come together in, in the face of adversity. Uh, and today we, we, we pay tribute to those heroes and we, and we think about those, those the so many who sacrificed their lives, not only that day, but in the, in the events to follow. Uh, think about also the military and the first responders and all those who continue to protect our freedoms today. You know, we can never forget the lessons learned as a result of 9-11. And frankly, more today than ever, we, we've got to strive to, to for a world that is filled with, with peace and understanding. That's that's our legacy to our kids and our grandkids. So as, as we think about the events of 9-11, we think about how it was really a great reminder to all of us, it still is today, that some still harbor hostility toward the values and the freedoms that we cherish here in America. Just think about the freedoms we enjoy as outdoorsmen and women. Wow. God bless the United States of America. By the way, the views on this show are mine, not those of the foundation, the Foundation for Mississippi Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks, separate 5013C organization than the Department of uh, Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. But, you know, what I, what I like to say each week, when it comes to outdoors and outdoors issues, you can count on me to say what needs to be said. And I am really, really honored to be here. Now let's shift gears and move over to my friend Houston Havens, who is the uh, uh, waterfowl program coordinator for the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks, and someone I have a tremendous amount of respect for and has become a good friend. How you doing, Houston? Doing well. Enjoyed a little bit of cooler air this morning, so things are. Yeah, I walked better. out. It is still hot on the coast, but 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 still a little bit of coolness in the air. You know, just you know, reminder that fall is not far behind, and uh, I'm actually glad to see a little bit of cool air because we got a lot of work to do up at Deer Camp, and. Uh, 
you know how that happens. A lot of fast and furious work between now and the start of the season. Same thing happens in the duck world for sure. Hey, before we uh, get into what you do these times of day, and there's a lot to talk about about waterfowl, I actually want to get an update on the avian influenza situation and uh, anything else that might be on your mind. But, you know, you heard what I said about September the 11th. You know, man, it's, it's hard to believe it was 22 years ago, isn't it? It is. Uh, you know, we were talking before the show started about, you know, where where I was that day. And uh, I'm, I don't have the type of memory that really I can remember when things happened a lot of times. But I definitely remember that day for sure. I was a, a, an undergraduate student at Mississippi State University walking to class and heard, you know, a little, you know, kind of uh, buzz. You know, people talking about it. Didn't really know what was going on until I got to my classroom and uh, the, the professor was telling us a little bit about it. Yeah, I had uh, I'd become the, I'd become the president publisher of the newspaper on August the first of two thousand and one, and I, I remember, of course, you know, we took a little bit of time to kind of get get settled down, and then we had a series of receptions where we were just you know just just having you know doing a toast to the community and you know expressing my commitment to the community. I remember I was on Highway ninety about to turn up on DeBee's Road when the first airplane, when the news of the first airplane came across and and I, you know, I was listening very carefully and it was it was clear that, you know, at first I think they thought maybe it was a small plane that had ventured off path and then and then the reality of the amount of damage and we started to understand that it was actually a an airline passenger jet that had gone into the World Trade Center. But yeah, I knew going into this event that we were holding at the at the conference room at the Sun Herald that something something terrible was unfolding. And so one of the things we did is we rolled a big TV up into the conference room, and we had it playing in the background. And uh, so we went on with the meeting, and you know when when it when as we all stood in silence, as, you know, in the aftermath of the second plane flying into the uh, into the South Tower. Um, uh, Santana, who was the executive editor of the Sun Herald at the time, you know, kind of leaned toward me and said, "You know, I think we ought to end this meeting and go fo- focus on doing a special edition of the Sun Herald." And that's what we did. We we literally kind of ended the meeting, and folks, you know, I he- heard afterward they kind of stood around for quite a while, actually, just watching the events unfold on TV. They knew this was a historic moment, and then we did a special edition of the Sun Herald. I remember I brought the the team together afterwards and said you know life as we know it will never be the same again you know that a lot of vulnerabilities you know we were very vulnerable as americans we didn't really appreciate how how much so and now you know it will you know we we will watch the events unfold but the world's going to be different in in every aspect and throughout the day we we contemplated just how much it was going to change and boy it did didn't it man It, it so much changed after that yeah, it did. Certainly did. Um, you know, just thinking about, you know, all the, the, the travel and everything, you know, people's uh, long-term plans had to, had to do a lot of changing really quickly. Hey, you know, you know what's interesting, though? It is, you know, Haley Barber used to say after Hurricane Katrina that the Chinese symbol for disaster also means opportunity. You know, that it's a yin-yang that, you know, where you see a disaster, you also see opportunity. And he always reminded us of that after after Hurricane Katrina. But same thing is true about about the events of September the 11th. Man, it was just a terrible disaster. But there really was this opportunity, rallying moment where we as Americans came together and um, you know, we should always look back on that, you know, in this moment where we're so polarized and the world seems polarized and social media divides us and all the stuff that we deal with. It is a it is a great reminder that we are, in fact, very, very resilient. And the freedoms that we enjoy as Americans, especially as outdoorsmen, I mean, think about what we have access to, public land and the right to, to, to bear arms and all the stuff that goes with that. But as outdoorsmen, we are... We have freedoms that are that are afforded to us that no other country in the world has the opportunity to enjoy, and it, and I think it just plays out in the outdoor space um, in ways that are incredibly special. And yeah, but the majority of the outdoorsmen I know they don't take that for granted. But you know, it's true though, isn't it? 
It is. Yeah, you're right. There's, as far as I know, there's no better place to be an outdoorsman than here in the United States and in Mississippi in particular. So, Houston, you've got you've got a lot that that goes through your mind. We've had we've had terrific shows in the past that talks about how the work that you are involved in around waterfowl is really a 365 day a year job as you monitor all the planning that's required, but the work that's done on on public land, which I think is the best practice in America, the work that y'all do there, when you can have no ducks in other areas and there's always going, going to be ducks on the on the public land, it's because you guys have been really focused on doing that, but as, as we look forward to the season and you think about weather always plays a big role you know what's going on up north always plays a big role in what we're going to experience here what do you what do you uh what do you see in how the season's come unfolding uh, uh, as we speak well just like you said i mean the weather patterns throughout the the fall and winter are going to be the the driving factor you know overall but um it's really dry right now i'm certainly not telling you anything you don't know um, you've been up through the mississippi delta recently and and seen uh conditions um you know so f first thing obviously it's going to take a lot of rainfall for for rain dependent areas hey why don't we do this here we'll pick it up right there we'll talk about sort of the, the weather conditions and the drought and the heat dome and all that goes with that and how it's going to play into this year's duck season when we continue our conversation on the other side with my friend Houston Havens from the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. We'll see you after this break. From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, mostly sunny conditions, high near 95. Tonight, partly cloudy, low around 68. Your Tuesday, mostly sunny, high near 94. Tuesday evening, a slight chance of rain, mostly cloudy, low around 69. And for your Wednesday, a slight chance of showers, mostly sunny, high near 87. This weather brought to you by our friends at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. Shop local. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, your building supply expert since 1871. Are you looking for this? Or maybe you could use a little more of that? Oh, wow. Now this looks amazing. At Corner Market, we're proud to offer everything from certified Angus beef to local produce and more. When you visit us, you're sure to find a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Curated just for you. Variety is just one more thing that makes Corner Market a special place to shop. Find your store at cornermarketms.com. The Gallo Radio Show is brought to you in part by TrustCare, where patients of all ages come for urgent and primary care you can trust. TrustCare clinics are staffed with friendly, experienced providers and open late. Walk in today or schedule your appointment at TrustCareHealth.com. TrustCare. Feel better faster. You asked for it, and it's back exclusively from AgUp Equipment. A free rotary cutter. That's right, for a limited time, get a free rotary cutter with the purchase of any 3D or 3E John Deere compact tractor from AgUp Equipment. Plus, 0% for 84 months financing. Browse online at agup.com. Offer ends 10-27-23. Some restrictions apply. Subject to approved credit with John Deere Financial. See dealer for details. Hey everyone, Gerard Gibbard here, and it is hot. This heat blazing down on your vehicle is no joke. Keep it protected from damaging UV rays with the System X Ceramic Protection Max Coating at Legacy Garage. It also protects your car, truck, boat, or RVs from road grime, bugs, and more. Only trust the experts at Legacy Garage. Check them out on social media or call them today at 601-941-5312. Hey, this is Bob, and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com. Hi, this is Shelby with Two Men in a Truck. At Two Men in a Truck, we've added a new service option to our brand, Junk Removal. 
Whether you're deep cleaning, renovating, or staging your home to sell, our two men in a truck junk removal option is perfect to get the job done. Our professionally trained moving and junk removal teams will load and haul away your unwanted junk for you. Visit twomenandatruck.com to learn more and get a free junk removal quote. That's twomenandatruck.com. Hello here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning 6 to 9. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. Leading the conversation on Mississippi's outdoors. It's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors. I have my friend Houston Havens, who's the waterfowl program coordinator for the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. And uh, I've been looking forward to talking to you, Houston. You started to allude to it just a second ago, but man, you got this heat dome over the entire United States for so long, man, so little bit of rain. I had a great conversation with uh, a friend of mine from uh, Vicksburg who's in the barge business. And, you know, last year they had to deal with low Mississippi River conditions that were just incredible. And, of course, he he has to look north as well. I mean, if you get if you get rain, now look, it, it doesn't have to be immediately north of Vicksburg, obviously. It can be f- way far. And they've had just enough rain that Mississippi River levels haven't been to, you know, to disastrously low levels, but still something they're paying a lot of attention to. Uh, but boy, when it comes to, to uh, duck hunting, what happens north of us all the way to Canada really plays big time into the overall discussion. So how do you think, I mean, if we don't get a lot of rain, I mean, a lot of rain, how do you think that's going to play out? Yeah, you're right. I mean, we're, we're kind of uh, you know, getting into the months where we get very little rain, you know, and so that that late summer start to this drought that we're in right now, you know, kind of put us even further behind than normal. But um, you know, there, there's always pluses and minuses to to habitat variables like that. Um, we're seeing a lot of areas where. Uh, you know, areas that we would call permanent or semi-permanent wetlands, oxbows, things like that, that are that are drawn down naturally right now. I've got some mudflats exposed, and those are good areas for producing. You know, what we would just call simply duck food uh, late in the summer, early fall. Uh, so they're putting on a flush of vegetation right now. Ideally, those will be flooded back to you know more normal levels by <laughs> by the time duck season ends uh, this winter. So it'll be available to ducks, but. Uh, you know, there's some there's some good value in having some dry conditions. Of course, you know, if there are people listening right now who are, you know, in a duck lease that are going to be looking at turning pumps on in a little while to, to try to provide some shallow water habitat for uh, late November, then, um, you know, that that's going to hit the pocketbook pretty good probably. Uh, we're dealing with the same thing on wildlife management areas, trying to get pump motors serviced and, uh, you know, be sure that we have diesel uh, ready to go to, to start running those motors because it's going gonna, it's gonna to take quite a bit to fill those cracks in and start to, to put surface water out there. Wow, I can only I can only imagine both both with the natural gas, our propane, and then of course the the diesel generated um, pumps that are going to be out there. You know, there was a good rain uh, on the one of the farms that that I lease up in the Delta last week. Actually, I mean it was a really good rain. And I thought, wow, that's going to create some super muddy conditions when you think about how dusty it was. And I talked to my friend the next day, and he says there's that absolutely no sign that it rained yesterday. <laughs> it was yeah. like, the, the Delta just like a sponge soaked it all up, and the dry conditions, you know, the, the, in a cloud of dust, there was literally no 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 uh, sign that it even rained. And it rained pretty hard, man. But that's what's going to happen when you turn those pumps on. It, you know, it's just gonna, it's going to take a while to to get those uh, areas where they before you know where they get in the situation where they can hold hold some water but hey you alluded to something a minute ago and i don't want to leave to to get too far away from that the point you made was that when some of these oxbows and lakes and other other areas that typically hold a lot of water as they go down and expose mud flats what happens and on those mud flats is natural growth and you and i've talked about this before that you know people tend to think about going in and planting and certainly there are certain 
seeds that you can plant that are great for, for duck uh, food, et cetera. But you've always said do, never underestimate what happens just as part of nature in the wild growth scenarios. Um, talk a little bit about what, what, what those wild growth uh, uh, plants are that, that attract ducks and w what we shouldn't turn our head too far away from. Yeah, so that, that kind of management and managing for natural grasses and sedges, annual seed producing plants, what we would just generally call moist soil management. Um, like you said, we're, we're not against planting crops. We work with a lot of private landowners on, you know, planting what we call, uh, you know, waterfowl food plots, essentially, uh, and managing those. So those, those are certainly an important piece of the puzzle. Uh, you know, a lot of agricultural lands across the Mississippi Delta that get flooded every year uh, play an important role for waterfowl food availability. But yeah, managing water levels and the uh, the seed banks that are just naturally existing there uh, can can really produce an abundance of duck food. And um, you know, as people are looking around, maybe you know, getting ready for bow season, you know, maybe not even thinking about duck season right now. Uh, I would encourage people to kind of look around these these wet areas or these semi-permanent or permanent wetlands, lake areas that are drawing down right now, and see that flush of vegetation because a lot of that is going to turn into really quality duck food. Well, and you, I bet people are doing little um, inventories right now saying, okay, now where are my lakes and where are my oxbows and where are the breaks and where are some, some water, some, uh, some uh, hardwood bottoms that, that typically hold some, some water even when you have dry conditions. They're doing a lot of inventory in those areas right now because as, you, as you've just helped us understand before, when you've got a situation where there's not a lot of water and, 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 you, and so let's say it gets pretty cold up, 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 up north, those ducks are going to come in and they're going to be looking for those areas of water. It might concentrate some ducks. It could create a pretty good scenario if we stay in a situation where the rainfall is below what we would normally expect this time of year. But you, you've, you've heard that story before, haven't you? Absolutely. I actually heard it this weekend. You know, Mississippi had its opener for the teal season uh, started Saturday. It goes through September 24th and uh, talked with some landowners who, you know, normally would be turning the pumps on, you know, to put a, put a little bit more surface water on some of the areas that were already flooded. And, the, and those areas are dry right now, but they've shifted over to, just like you said, those more uh, deep water habitats, um, whether it be catfish ponds or sloughs, breaks, things like that. And uh, they're finding success because of the limit limited habitat availability. And then you think about what we do on public lands. If we head into a year like we had last year, which this is certainly shaping up to be so far, uh, public lands will really carry the ball on shallow water managed uh, quality waterfowl habitat. And uh, we expect to have really good hunting on those areas if that is the case going into the season. Yeah, I remember I told you the story before, but when my son Jordan was in law school at Ole Miss, he used to get up real early in order to make his way to some of those public lands, you know, where, where you guys had sheet water. And uh, he'd get there super early, <laughs> really early. And it would be a, there'd be a line there already <laughs> trying to get to those spots. But y'all really perfected that, as you pointed out, and and it's really paid off over the years. But you know, you think about migratory bird uh, hunting, and uh, September there's great opportunity. You just mentioned it just a second ago with teal season opening up. Um, what, what's the early reports on how it went? Really good reports on some of our public lands and uh, just a few private landowners that we've talked with. Um, you know, it's it's probably a function of limited habitat availability, so people are, are really able to dial in on where those birds are. And then I guess a, a little bit of good news also, some colleagues uh, that we have with the Illinois Natural History Survey do a lot of shorebird and early waterfowl uh, aerial surveys this time of year, uh, similar to the surveys we'll be getting into later this year in Mississippi. And uh, they're reporting that uh, Look, fairly large numbers, above average numbers of teal are still north of us, which for us just means that we haven't missed the, the migration. You know, a lot of times it's just really hard to time a 16-day teal season with the bulk of the migration as those birds are really passing through and heading on further south uh, from here. But um, it, it sounds like we still got a bulk of the migration to still come through. Hopefully we'll time it right with our season.
That's exciting. That's exciting. I mean, when you say, come on through, and you know, I can't help but think about a teal flying when you say that and think they don't just come through, they come through pretty fast. <laughs> they do, yeah. We, we tell people, you know, uh, people will call our office a lot of times and ask where we're seeing birds, and we, we try to caution them that it, it it really doesn't matter. You know, they could be gone by tomorrow before you could even get there, you know. So it, it's, uh, you know, certainly you want to do your scouting as best you can and find good habitat, but those birds are really they're they're always in a hurry <laughs> they, they are they're not they're not easy to shoot down and if you're not in the right place at the right time uh, to you know to see that migration pass through you you might miss it you know that's that's kind of the, the bottom line but you know we've we've traditionally had a pretty decent teal season here in mississippi haven't we we have, uh, you know, it, it's all about just trying to, to hit the timing of those 16 days. And we always put our priority on maximum number of weekends. So that's why we've set our season to try to get as late into the month, but also overlap three consecutive weekends with that 16 day season. And so we, we get a few questions from time to time on why the season moves. And that's that's really the reason for that. Anything else you want to say about duck? I, I want to, before we get done, I want to ask you about a, avian influenza, but anything else on ducks before, while we're there? Yeah, Yeah. so one one more thing. Uh, we, we encourage private landowners and, and public land managers to take advantage of years like this. You know, I, I said earlier, there's always some, some advantages to having, you know, extreme uh, weather conditions. And with things being really dry right now, we're hearing from landowners that are saying, hey, I've never seen this slough get this dry or the, the water levels get this low. And so we're encouraging people to take advantage of that if they can, you know, if that means getting equipment in there and kind of cleaning up an area that they haven't been able to get into in a while, making openings in natural vegetation or maybe uh, in the woods or uh, in really thick buck brush, places like that, just to do everything they can to prepare for when the water is back on those areas. Well, well, that's 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 pretty cool. Listen, uh, hang in there with me for a second, and let's uh, let's take this into the third segment a bit. When we uh, come back on the other side, we'll continue our conversation with Houston Havens. We'll see you after this. How can R.J. Young help you? with digital communications, managed IT services, business process outsourcing, and office equipment and technology, RJ Young is your source for the technology solutions that power your business. For more information and a quick demo of the modern office and how it's increasing efficiency and bottom lines of businesses across the country, visit us at themodernoffice.com. I'm Rex Baker with Gateway Rescue Mission. Why are we on this planet? Did God create us just to work the nine to five grind and crash for the weekend? No, our creator wants to use us, you and me, to give back to others. You can be a part of God's bringing restoration to a fallen world by donating or volunteering, or both, at Gateway Rescue Mission right here in Jackson. Check us out at gatewaymission.org. It's been said that time waits for no one, but that's not completely true. Hi, I'm Cameron Aubrey. Since 1920, our family has been privileged to serve as Mississippi's foremost diamond merchant. For decades, generations have trusted Albritons for engagement rings, anniversaries, and those special events in life. Time has certainly changed our world. The internet, smartphones, and social media have revolutionized how we research, communicate, and even shop. At Albritons, we've grown with you. At Albritons.com, you can search, shop, and find the latest in fine jewelry. But for those who prefer the personal experience, you can now shop the all-new Albritton's 4460 Old Canton Road in Northeast Jackson. With new displays and the latest designer jewelry, we're located across from our old home in Highland Village. Still the same Albritton service you'd expect, but now bigger and better. You've waited for us, now we're ready for you. Come see what's new. Albritton's 4460 Old Canton Road in Jackson. At Albritton's, Albritton's Jewelers. At Clinton Body Shops, we want you to know that after an accident, you have the right to choose where to get your repair. We're continuing to follow our founder's mission. The late John Mosley believed consumers deserve to have their vehicles returned to their pre-accident condition using OEM parts and OEM repair procedures. 
Therefore, we are continuing OEM training and certification with as many manufacturers as possible. In fact, we now have more certifications from more automakers than any shop in Mississippi. Auto accidents can be very stressful, and the last thing you need is a repair that devalues your car and makes it unsafe. Because you have the right to choose, tell your insurer you want a Clinton Body Shop repair. Go to ClintonBodyShop.com, and as John used to say, we really do take pride in perfection. I'm J.T. Mitchell, and you're listening to Super Talk, Mississippi News. Over the weekend, officials had to put out a barge fire in Pascagoula as many residents reached out saying they could see clouds of black smoke rising from the water Sunday afternoon. Good news is that no workers or structures were ever in danger as fire crews responded to the situation quickly and efficiently. And the number of West Nile cases in Mississippi has grown to 11 as cases slowly rise across the southeastern U.S., Dr. Linda Bell discusses. Fortunately, most people infected with West Nile virus do not become ill. Approximately one in five people may develop fever with other symptoms. However, approximately 1% of people may develop severe illness with neurologic complications that can result in death. For this reason, we encourage all people to avoid mosquito bites. For tips on avoiding mosquito bites, go to supertalk.fm. Before your next trip into the great Mississippi outdoors, make sure you stop by your local Gateway Tire and Service Center, where we go the distance for you. No matter where the road takes you, Kenda has a tire designed for your journey, on the road, on the trail, or on the racetrack. You can count on Kenda quality. For the past 50 years, Kenda has been building a better tire for life's most demanding activities. Actually, they overbuilt them to ensure you succeed safely in everything you do. Stop by any Gateway Tire or Service Center near you for the largest selection of Kenda tires in Mississippi. While you're there, don't forget Gateway's ASE certified mechanics are trained to diagnose and repair your car or truck with honest customer service. Gateway Tire and Service Center offers lube, oil and filter changes, engine diagnostics, belts, hoses, brakes, wheel alignment, and of course, tires. Just like Kenda, designed for your journey. Gateway Tire and Service Center supports Mississippi outdoors. And of course, we go the distance for you. No matter where you go, Super Talk Mississippi is there. With FM signals all over the state, you can hear Super Talk Mississippi from the Delta to the Red Clay Hills of Meridian and from Oxford to Biloxi. And when you're out of the state, you can always get the latest Mississippi news and talk online at supertalk.fm. And on your smart device with the Super Talk app, you're proud to call Mississippi home. And we're proud to cover your state like no one else. Thanks for listening to Super Talk Mississippi. This is Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors on this day, September the 11th. 22 years ago, that incredible event happened. And as I said at the beginning of the of the show, it is a it is a reminder of uh, annually, frankly, of our freedoms in, in this country and how resilient we are as Americans. And God bless the United States of America. We're lucky to live here. And I think it's good for us every now and then to to uh, freeze frame the moment and think about how lucky we really are. That is for sure. Hey, we're having a conversation with my friend Houston Havens, who is the waterfowl program coordinator for the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. You know, Houston, the thing that blows my mind, it seems like you and I were just talking literally we talked a year ago, but it seemed like it was last month as we were just thinking about the kind of activities you got to be involved in toward the end of the summer as you begin to prepare for uh, the duck season. But man, where did this year go? Time flies when you're having fun, I guess. You know, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's hard to believe that hunting seasons are, are already kicked back off. And, um, you know, we're talking about migratory birds heading south and, and more to come, hopefully. And um, it's it's getting time to, to start shifting gears into that that hunting mentality. Hey, listen, I think about I think about the farmer. Uh, friends that I have, the Dunn family, my my dear friend Travis Dunn up in the Mississippi Delta, who we lay, lease land from, and I think about my friends who are big time duck hunters and uh, lots of friends who have lots of land and they deer hunt and they have a couple of duck holes, et cetera. 
But, uh, you know, think about the work that they do to create uh, good duck habitat. And, I mean, they put a lot of energy into it, man. They planning, try, you know, trying to plant the right things and trying to get everything just right. What I, what, I, what I learned through them, and I've said this on the show many times before, it's a great reminder that it's not just about the actual, you know, bringing your shotgun out and pulling the trigger on a duck. The, the process of duck hunting, you know, this is a 365 day a year passion for a lot of people. Just the process brings people together. But there's a lot of work, and if you don't enjoy doing that work, you probably ought not be a duck hunter, huh? That's right. You know, it's uh, it's certainly not all about uh, killing birds or, you know, numbers, anything like that. Um, as soon as that water comes off in the spring or, or summer, whenever, you know, whatever the case may be, that's when the work starts because that growing season, we have a long growing season here in the south. And um, you got to stay on top of things because things will change from week to week really quickly and can get away from you. Hey, do you guys plant corn in some of your some of the uh, uh, public land areas? We do use corn. Uh, we have uh, a few areas where we have a, a farm lease, and so it's uh, it's mostly an agricultural operation, and, and farmers will will grow and harvest corn in some of those areas, and then we'll also use corn strips in other farmed areas that we'll leave unharvested. Um, and that's kind of a dual purpose uh, for you know supplementing a little bit of duck food there, and then also giving some hunter cover. And uh, so that that kind of you know that that works well for us to be able to use that. We try to mix in uh, the moist soil habitats like we talked about earlier, and try to give as much habitat diversity on an area as we can. Hey, you know one one of the things that's interesting is that again, you know, working with my my farmer friend, watching. Um, how they decide what they're going to plant. And, of course, world conditions, uh, you, th you think about what's going on in, in Ukraine and how that affects prices. And and then, you know, they, where, where, as usually they have some sort of orderly rotation of, of crops. Some of that has actually changed where, you know, whereas before they might have had cotton, they've got a lot of uh, corn now or maybe where they had cotton they've got soybeans now um, so it's interesting I'm actually I'll, I'll make a quick comment about this and that is that if you talk to farmers just in general their yields are really up pretty good this year and you know I, I think had kind of the right kind of growing season man the harvest has been awesome for them as, as it relates to the, the weather the dry conditions have been perfect you know as they spray their their soybeans and, and cotton and get ready to take those but you know, and, and the efforts to get the corn. I mean, they they've had so many day after day of dry conditions that have really enabled them. So their 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 yields are doing extremely well. But there's also a lot, probably I don't know this for a fact, but a lot more cotton. Excuse me, a lot more corn and soybeans than you would normally see, just because you know the prices on those have have really precipitated planting those crops as opposed to say cotton, for example. Um, do you see a change? Do you notice a difference in the season when you have a lot of food sources that might be out there that typically aren't? Yeah, I mean, those uh, commodity prices, <clears throat> markets, you know, in the in the ag world definitely drive a, a lot of uh, the variables that are, you know, that are related to duck habitat, uh, especially in areas like the Mississippi Delta, up and down the Mississippi River and other states. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it certainly uh, it plays a uh, big role just depending on what that crop type is, because um, a lot of those are better set up to, to flood during the wintertime to begin with. Um, we are seeing a sort of a, a negative trend as far as the amount of water that's being put on agricultural lands, not just in Mississippi in general. Um, and that's also due to just, um, you know, economy, you know, the economics yeah. of, of agricultural production. And um, so working with a lot of landowners trying to, you know, generate a little bit more interest in, you know, putting that water on the ag landscape. It helps to have good weather and, and a lot of birds there for people to, you know, have that motivation to, to continue to provide that habitat because it doesn't, a lot of it doesn't just happen for free. Yeah, it's a big deal for you, Houston, isn't it, that you want, what's, you know, it just to, just over, you say over the past many decades, uh, this process of creating more ag land has taken away habitat so if you know the more we can take that habitat during key migration periods and create water and food sources and whatever else there might be it's it's only going to help the situation but we got to be got to be very focused on that don't we we do, you know, it, it can still be quality habitat. It just takes, you know, having uh, having some uh, 
I guess, incentive, uh, you know, whether that's in birds or financially, whatever the case may be, uh, to put it out there, uh, and particularly in times like this, years like this, when it looks like we're going to be headed into a, a pretty dry fall and maybe winter. Yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds. Uh, you look back at last year, and uh, our season was really good last year. We had a we had a good season. We my personal experience with with hunting was was really good. And as you have pointed out on past shows last year, it was kind of spotty depending on where you were. Some people had really good seasons. Some people, you know, it was down. I think what you said was on a, on average, it was a pretty decent season. It was about an average season. It wasn't necessarily significantly low number of ducks, and it wasn't high, but just on average, it was a it was a pretty decent season. Last year wasn't it it was you know and part of that was a relatively dry year we think uh, just like you said you know from our aerial waterfowl surveys duck numbers didn't really hit really high levels uh, compared to past years but the birds that we have we would say were were huntable for lack of a better uh, term there and so uh, public lands did really well we had several wildlife management areas that had uh, record numbers actually for harvest and so overall yeah it was definitely better than the previous two to three years Hey, listen, we had a, if that's all, I want to kind of shift it to the avian influenza. Uh, we had a, a couple of um, Canadian geese that would, that would, for what, you know, year after year, they'd come back and nest in the same area, right? I mean, we could see out of our window here on Back Bay. And um, suddenly we only noticed there was one and the other one, we it just, it vanished. And then, you know, it would, the one that was left would just swim in circles and do stuff. And I said, we need to keep an eye on that one. That was, you know, that, they may have avian influenza. And not long after that, I saw a 10-foot alligator. So I'm thinking the alligator got the, got the one and that the other just wasn't leaving. Maybe there was a nest nearby or, or you know, something like that. I, it, it eventually it flew away and, you know, it did whatever they do when they lose their partner. But, um, but, but the story is a good story, at least as it relates to avian influenza. You got to pay attention to when you see birds that might have that odd behavior. It's something you guys want to know about, isn't it? That's right. We want to... Uh hunters and, and the public in general just to be vigilant again this year as we're headed back into fall migration uh, just to look for uh, you know sick and dead birds and, and let us know about it if they do see them um, you know we're not talking about one bird here or there necessarily because there is uh, a lot of uh, you know different sources of natural mortality as, especially as birds are traveling long distances is pretty hard on them but um, we are actively uh, going to be starting surveillance again with USDA Wildlife Services uh, looking at harvested birds and uh, any birds that we find, you know, sick or dead on the landscape and doing some testing just to see where we are. Overall, nationally right now, um, we are looking a little bit better as far as wild bird uh, mortalities. Um, there seems to be uh, a bit of uh, immunity that's built up in the population for wild birds. And so hopefully we won't see as much as we did last year, but we're still going to be, you know, uh, looking at it and, and keeping an eye on things for sure. When we look at it, when looking just at the United States, what are the experts saying about the status of avian influenza now? It just seems to be down overall, but you know, uh, you know, as you're aware, last year we didn't really get ramped up until right before the the regular duck season opener. It was actually the night before Thanksgiving, the first call that I got out uh, to go uh, on a snow goose die off, and um, you know, things just really, really kind of blew up all of a sudden there, and we were scrambling all over trying to trying to do some testing, and then things kind of kind of went down pretty quickly after that. Thank goodness. Well, we're talking with my friend Houston Havens, who is the waterfowl coordinator for the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks, and we'll see you after this break. You 
asked for it, and it's back exclusively from AgUp Equipment. A free rotary cutter. That's right, for a limited time, get a free rotary cutter with the purchase of any 3D or 3E John Deere compact tractor from AgUp Equipment. Plus, 0% for 84 months financing. Browse online at agup.com. Offer ends 10-27-23. Some restrictions apply. Subject to approved credit with John Deere Financial. See dealer for details. For all your glass needs, call Venable Glass Services. Glass Networks, they're going to try and steer you to use their own glass shop. Well, you can tell your insurance you want to use Venable Glass, and there'll be no additional cost to them to get the highest quality glass. Venable Glass is locally owned and operated, and they do windshield replacement and rock repair right there in their shops, or they'll even come to you in the Tri-County area for free. That's right, free mobile service. At Venable Glass, they also do frameless and frame shower doors, mirrors cut to size and installed, picture frame glass, tables, desktops, insulation, glass, plexiglass, commercial storefronts, and heavy equipment glass. Venable Glass. They'll come out and give you a free estimate. They want to work hard for your business. Venable Glass. Open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, and on Saturday, 8 to noon. Hey, there's two locations, too, in Ridgeland at 660 Highway 51 North and Brandon at 209 Woodgate Drive South in Crossgates. Check them out on the web at VenableGlass.com. Remember, for all your glass needs, call Venable Glass Services, 601-605-4443. Pickup truck, sports car, motorcycle, minivan, townhouse, two-story, farmhouse, fixer-upper. What you drive and where you live is different for everyone, so it's important to have insurance that fits your needs and is just right for you. At Shelter Insurance, we understand that, which is why our agents help you design a comprehensive auto, home, and life insurance plan. Insurance that fits just right. Jamie Creel, Shelter Insurance. Come see why we're more than just an agent. Proudly serving the Jackson metro area in the great state of Mississippi. Give us a call at 601-992-6000. Hey guys, this is Schaefer Davidson and my wife Lori, owners of Davidson Marble and Granite of Canton, Vicksburg, and McGee. We have recently acquired Davidson Monument Company of Forest and Kosciuszko, as well as Central Mississippi Monument Company of Carthage and Louisville. We offer a variety of granite, marble, and bronze headstones. We've expanded our suppliers, therefore shortening our lead times to better serve you. We are a third-generation family-owned business who have been serving families since 1937. Check us out on Facebook or at Davidson Marble and granite.com. You already know that Madison Cellars is Madison's favorite place to buy wine and spirits since 1988. On Highway 51 in the Madison Station Shopping Center, Madison Cellars has a hometown feel with a big city selection. Do you have a question about which wine to serve with a certain dish? Call 601-856-0931 and let their knowledgeable staff help you find the perfect match. Find out more at madisoncellars.net or stop by today. Madison Cellars on Highway 51 in the Madison Station Shopping Center. Pine Grove Behavioral Health and Addiction Services, located in Hattiesburg, is one of the nation's most comprehensive treatment campuses. Pine Grove provides the highest quality mental health care and addiction treatment for children, adolescents, and adults. Pine Grove offers many levels of care, including inpatient and outpatient treatment for children and adolescents. If you have any questions, please call 1-888-574-HOPE and visit pinegrovetreatment.com. This September 14th and 15th, the Ole Miss Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship will host the second annual It's All Relative Family Business Symposium at the Sheraton Flowood Refuge Hotel. This open forum will connect family business owners and employees with industry experts providing valuable insights. Among the speakers are Hugh Mina, Chairman and CEO of Seaspire, and Dr. Justin Craig of Northwestern University's Kellogg School of Management. For more information or to register, visit OleMissCIE.com backslash family dash business dash 23. yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super Talk Mississippi. We live in one of the best places in America to enjoy the outdoors. So let's talk about it. It's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. It's cut walls and fall football. Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors. I have my friend Houston Havens who is the wildlife well, I say waterfowl program coordinator for the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks, and we are we're thrilled to have him. And um, you know, we've really covered the waterfront. There's been a lot to talk about with Houston. I enjoy doing that. We talked a little bit about teal a few minutes ago, um, uh, Houston, but that's not the only 
uh, season that's open at the time, is there? Is it? That's right. Uh, we also have a Canada goose season that opens September 1st and will run uh, all the way through September 30th. And um, you know, it's a it's a really key time for people to to take advantage of a hunting season because this hunting season is specifically geared toward resident Canada geese. Um, you know, they're they're the geese that people are having problems with in subdivisions and golf courses, places like that. Um, people that are watering their grass, trying to keep their yards alive through the drought, uh, probably having uh, some geese if they have uh, water bodies, you know, near their, their homes. And so we really encourage people to, to take advantage of this time of year right now, whether they're waterfowl hunters themselves or if they just know people who might be interested. Obviously, uh, a lot of these birds are, are using urban areas that uh, where hunting is not conducive, but this time of year, you know, you've got corn harvest going on, you've got other agricultural crops that'll be coming off pretty soon. And these birds typically will start to change their patterns and move to those uh, those new habitats, uh, you know, especially freshly harvested corn. And so those can be really good opportunities to, to uh, you know, both have some quality hunting and help with a, a management uh, scenario, you know, with reducing these populations of local geese. Hey, when you think about the, the geese uh, situation and th thinking of this as an opportunity to, to manage maybe some nuisance s scenarios that might exist, how, how big of a problem is that? It, it's a really big problem depending on where you are. You know, um, a lot of developments have happened. Uh, people like to live in, you know, uh, nice areas with, uh, you know, um, lots of ornamental plants um, around, you know, lakes or ponds, things like that. And they're just really, really good attractants for Canada geese also. Um, and so we deal with people or we work with people uh, a lot throughout the year, starting in the springtime when these geese are showing up in pairs and looking for nesting territories. That's a key time of year also just to, you know, to, to try to control the numbers, whether that's through just making the, the area less hospitable to those birds before they start to nest, you know, doing some nest control through a permit through the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and on through uh, the summertime leading up to the hunting season. Of course, the hunting season is what is the tool that we recommend the most of, of actually controlling their numbers. Hey, Houston, you mentioned it a few minutes ago, but when these dry conditions and this, as you think about the flurry of activity that's going to be going on around duck scenarios across the state of Mississippi, this is a, you know, when you're really dry like it is, it's a great opportunity to go in there and make some improvements on ponds and board structures and lots of stuff that, that can be done. I mean, this is a great opportunity to be able to, to make improvements and fix some stuff and maybe create some new stuff. Um, boy, I bet, I bet there's a lot of that going on across the state right now. There is. We're having a lot of those conversations with private landowners right now, just, you know, trying to encourage them to, to not let anything, you know, slip by, you know, and then you're sitting out there during duck season wishing you had done something, you know, when it, it's already got water on it, you know, things have kind of gotten away from you. Um, nobody wants to be out doing a lot of manual labor right now. And, uh, you know, there's not a lot of people thinking about duck season right now, probably. But um, it is a really good time of year to get out and check the water control structures, uh, check your levees, you know, be sure that there haven't been any, you know, rodents burrowing through or tunneling through and, and are going to start to give you problems uh, when you do start to put that water on and then realize man I, I really should have been out here handling this you know when it was dry conditions um, and then just you know making those openings in natural vegetation whether it's the woods or you know moist soil habitat before that water gets on you've got a, a really good opportunity right now to, to get out there and set things exactly the way just think about the way that you want it to look after it gets water on it but you can you can kind of have some control over it right now yeah, boy, I tell you, I can't help but think about this. The the difference in conditions from what we're looking at in most places across the state where you have these great dry conditions where you can do, you know, you can get heavy equipment into places you normally can't get heavy equipment into. The difference between doing work in those conditions versus like say even medium moist conditions because there even a medium moist condition with heavy equipment you're in serious trouble so this is you know a really unique opportunity isn't it 
it is you know uh, just like you said you, you know there there's a lot that um, you know working in duck holes quote unquote duck holes is is hard a lot of times and so you know you can tear up equipment in mud you can tear up just the habitat and kind of cause more issues than you had before you went in there if it's not the right conditions but um, there's a lot of areas that they can hold up heavy equipment right now so we encourage people to get after it when they can well, Houston, it's been great to catch up with you, my friend. You've been uh, you've been a good friend of Super Talk Outdoors and to me, and I really appreciate the work that you and your team do to make Mississippi a, a leader in the waterfowl conversation. And uh, we'll stay in touch as we get closer to the season. We'll have you back on and kind of get us get a lay of the land on how the season's looking. Thank you. Always enjoy it. You bet. This has been my friend Houston Haven, who's the waterfowl coordinator for the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. Have a great day. And as I always end every show, we really appreciate you joining us. Always stay safe when you're in the outdoors. We really appreciate it. God bless you, and we'll see you next Monday. Talk Mississippi Media Production.